0: There's like a Dirty Harry movie that's filmed in Santa Cruz. I, I think it's called Sudden Impact. Maybe don't quote me on that. It's one of the later ones. It's not as good. But there is one filmed in Santa Cruz that's like amazing because there's like there's a beach, natural bridges. It's like really close to us. And I'm like looking at. It, I'm like, wait, this is like watching my dad. I'm like, this is filmed like right next to our house. Like you got <laughs> next time you come out, I gotta take you down there. Like, like and I was thinking, oh man, that was good. That's great. I could literally show my dad that film. And then the next day, I could take him on a Santa Cruz tour of the film. And that, would be, that would be like a really fun thing for him. So, you know, yeah. that's awesome. I think that, that's when he comes down here next. I'm going to try to do that.
1: Yeah, so. just incept him though. Don't tell him you're doing it.
0: Yeah, right. Let's see if he notices what the yeah fuck is going I'll, on. I'll put him on the be- I'll put him on the beach in the chair like the same same <laughs> setup, and then I'll walk up with a gun and be like, "Remember this shit." <laughs> scared the shit out of me
1: yeah just fucking make sure someone's filming it so you can i should have
0: hired an actor to come up who looks like the guy in like the movie
2: and i have to film it it. though like the same angle i was
0: like dad i gotta go to the bathroom (laughs) walk away and then this guy rolls up like that shit just got real
3: talking about NFTs, and that's Nifty, that's Nifty. All the great artists, they come to this place to talk about the crypto space, and that's Nifty, that's Nifty. tonight's podcast. Are Tyler, Larry and slime Sunday. Damn, that's nifty.
2: Yo, Rob. Hello. How's it going, man? Good. Got myself Tyler on here, our friend Larry. What's up, man? What are you drinking on?
0: I'm drinking this uh Lagunitas Hi-Fi Hops.
2: Nice, it's like nice. A, it's like a THC
0: CBD drink. It's really good. No, no way little yeah.
2: crossover?
0: Yeah. I
2: like
0: that. I had this at a uh, like an emerald cup or something. I don't know. I had it at some cannabis event and I just got hooked on it. And they sell it down the street from me like a block away. So I just go get it. Hell just yeah.
1: Is that technically a dispensary pickup?
0: Yeah, there's a dispensary like a block away. You can smell it uh, blowing down the street when the wind blows the right way. Yeah. So, that,
1: yeah, <laughs> it'll just draw you in. It's funny because fun. I now I picture your art just like one of it's uh, like one of those houses with with some smoke billowing out and I must buy this THC beer
0: <laughs> it's funny because I sometimes come into work in the studio and then I'm like oh man um my landlord is gonna think I'm smoking weed and we're not to, I can't I'm not supposed to smoke in the building which I don't I follow the rules you know of course usually but um uh, uh, the, the smoke the the smell is because they, they grow there that's why it smells so bad well it smells good but it smells bad in terms of like a lot of smell but it smells yeah, yeah. Great. it smells great to me but uh, <laughs> it's really funny so
2: we've been actually been uh following your work for about a year now saw your stuff on super air and then eventually nifty gateway and we're idiots we're idiots because we missed out man we were eyeballing your stuff and just didn't make a move we're dumb yeah
0: yeah there was like a prime time i think to buy stuff too because it all like stuff dipped at some point and i had people being like yo why is this going down and i'm like i don't know like (laughs) people don't know how additions operate yet or or something i I don't know what it was but now all the additions even are worth like quite a bit more than the, the offer price which i feel really good about in terms of like doing right by people i mean that's like not necessarily a focus, but it's a concern. You don't want your artwork to go down in value, perceived value, you know. So I would tell those people, I'm like, this is literally the best drawings. I've, the Nifty Gateway drawings are like the best drawings I could possibly do. And I don't know if if you know next year I might draw something I think is better, but like that's like the cream of the crop. So if you're if you're not down with that. And holding on to it, then I don't know what to tell you because I can't make a better product or whatever. You know, I don't. It's just funny to me. So
2: I have the pay no mind on a T-shirt actually. Oh, nice. Yeah, I got no the, the cotton candy one, the uh, the pink and green tie dye one.
0: Oh, thank you. Yeah, that's a good one. I, that's one of my favorites. It's funny because I designed that shirt and I'm like, this is gonna be wild. And the retailers I work with weren't really like feeling it or something. I, I don't know what they. Maybe they thought it was like a lot something. I don't know what it was, but I just, I was pretty persistent and I convinced them to go with it. Because sometimes these things are like, you know, to do those custom dyes, you have to have uh, like a minimum, pretty large minimum quantity, you know? Yeah. So I'm like trying to convince these other people to go in on these shirts and make wholesale orders so I can make whatever I want. But usually they like pick (laughs) things that are like, simple or like so i've just gotten in the habit of not showing them anything that i don't want to actually make so that was like one that i really had to kind of fight for but it's actually been one of my favorite shirts and really a really probably the one of the top sellers this year so i, I need to listen to myself more when it comes you to my, I'm like this is my favorite so you know
1: <laughs> well yeah. all you have to do is reach out to tyler for uh if you're looking for a hype man because he's got a stack of of your apparel and it's, oh, it's all
2: man. awesome I, I i love it dude it's the softest t-shirts around too
0: thank you yeah you know those shirts are those shirts are all custom like the the some of the um solid shirts are like off the rack you know like we source different t-shirt blanks for a lot of those but but all of our dye shirts and all of like the acid wash shirts like all of that stuff is like custom made custom dyed and like they are really soft so i'm i think that's Kind of, I think there was like this mad dash in the past year to to get into tie dye. Like you start seeing it like at like Target and like Kmart. Like there's like tie dye everything. You know, you go to the boardwalk, it's like everything's all the boardwalk stores have tie dye. So that's when you know that maybe (laughs) I don't know if the trend is phasing out again. I don't think it is. I think it's going to be here to stay as long as people have raves and like music festivals and you know but anyway there's there's an (laughs) undeniable upswing in that as a trend globally not just amongst like brands you know like just so I was always like we got to make these shirts like as soft as we can to compete just so you they feel really nice and then you know people want to wear them I think that's the key
1: that's that's like such an (laughs) overlooked piece it's like a lot of times like clothing and apparel visual and like he's been hyping up how comfortable your stuff has been since he bought it he's like yo this is like the best shirt i've ever ever worn
0: yeah and comfort nine, six. Comfort, comfort, comfort is definitely you know all that big upswing in like comfort wear like hoodies and sweatpants and that was all that's all been a really recent thing too i mean pandemic definitely caused people to want to put on sweatpants every day so
2: that's, that's interesting is, amen to that
1: I- I, I got to say, I've legitimately lived my life in sweatpants, <laughs> right. um, so I, I, I appreciate the, uh, the touch that you put on it, even though, I mean, I'm always browsing. I haven't
0: pulled the trigger yet. I don't know why, but. I grew up with this dude who wore sweatpants his entire life until like 11th grade or maybe That's 12th. Me. It was like a seri- he was like ready to go to college and like people, peer pressure his ass because they, you know, they tease him like sweatpants. I teased him because he wore sweatpants every day of his life and the dude came into school one day and he had on jeans and they were the most fucked up looking jeans (laughs) I've ever seen so it was like one day he wore those jeans they were just like these they look like mom jeans or something I don't know what it was
1: stick to what you know there's a reason
0: why he always wore sweatpants so Yep.
1: You
2: only have one pair of jeans. I want right?
1: I have one pair of jeans. Yeah. yeah. It's a good <laughs> pair of jeans. And I, and I look pretty good in the I, I would just like rock my dad's. I was like, all right, these kind of fit <laughs> legit, like 11 12 grade. Like, all right, I need to start wearing some pants.
0: If that yeah. works for you, then you don't need to deviate from that plan. Don't be like my friend. <laughs>
2: <laughs> nah, tell him I, I'd take his advice and do the opposite. Um, you've been in this game for a while, like killer acid as a brand like 2010 timeline
0: yeah it started as a brand but it was kind of a joke you know and I guess sometimes the best things start as like a sort of a joke or like yeah
2: tell me about it I don't think it's like
0: it was was a joke but it was like it was meant to be like tongue-in-cheek it was meant to be a a commentary on brands almost I don't know I guess that's kind of you can anti-brand you can yeah. sense
1: that though like like i feel like that's what subtly has drawn me toward you like towards your your art and, and and everything about it and just kind of turning over you know and learning what's there at, at each layer you know from the brand of the clothing you know and then kind of getting to know the origin the
2: messages within the art yeah about I mean, that life is,
0: that is the brand ethos is kind of like that though it's sort of anti-brand it's sort of anti i don't know why but it's kind of like it's pretty transparent on how it was built to just completely organically. We don't buy advertisements. We don't pay people to wear clothing. We just, just never wanted to, because a lot of that honestly was just because I was doing it all myself. And I'm like, if I try to hype this shit up too much, like I'm going to have to do way more work. So (laughs) honestly, that was the reason why. And I'm like, if people like it, then they're going to like it. And I don't want to make someone like it because once you show somebody something too much it makes the opposite effect it makes people like not like it so yeah. there's a psychology to that and i think that some people maybe i mean if you're trying to make like a billion dollars like that's obviously not your roadmap but like for me that kind of has always worked so i'm like i don't i don't want you to wear this i don't want you to even have this if you don't like it please don't buy it like i don't want you to have it yeah, I, can't so, I don't enough. know that's just how it's always been i don't know maybe that will change Soon, but I, don't, <laughs> I, hope, I hope not.
3: Yeah, keep <laughs> yeah. it exclusive.
0: But yeah, the brand started. The brand started in Brooklyn. It started in my little art studio, and we had shows there. I was in a collective called Secret Project Robot, and you know they were very supportive. We did a lot of events, and it kind of grew just out of that space. It kind of people knew to come there and buy it, or I had a website, and you know I made some orders here and there, but. Probably, you know, five years down the road, then it starts becoming like a real thing where it's, you know, I'm starting to get into some stores and starting to make connections in the actual fashion world or whatever, you know, we put some clothes in urban outfitters that had pot messaging on them before, you know, it was kind of like, I don't know if it was ahead of its time, because there's always been pot messaging, but maybe trying to subvert the mall culture with it was maybe a little bit ahead of its time so I can't complain I don't know I think it was in the right place at the right time and kind of just grew on its own so
2: okay it's 10 11 years later and the yes. art's still rolling out man
0: I know right this is the the, the dilemma is I don't have enough time to draw stuff <laughs> so it's that's become the dilemma said so this year we're trying to we're now trying to expand a little bit more and I mean I have partners I have people that help me different places and to do different things but our team here is actually really small so the goal is to try to grow that in the next six months or so and take some more of this business stuff off my plate so i can draw more because i don't know i've learned i've loved learning how business works but it's kind of boring compared to <laughs> smoking weed and every day and drawing a lot you know that's what you know i could do that all the time i would so
2: yeah you know I get to do part- fair fair. Just, yeah I mean, we basically heard that from all the artists we've talked to, it's like they get up to a point. And it's like you got to start delegating stuff that other people are just better at and you just do what you're best at. And it just makes it better for everybody.
0: Yeah, I think there's something to that, except also I kind of feel like learning how to do every single thing was very effective for me because like, learning how to like, learning how shipping works, learning how customer service works, learning how packing work, like learning every little piece of how a brand operates is kind of important. So. Yeah, I, I have seen brands that had like these crazy like Soho, like $20,000 a month rents, Rent. and, like just have this crazy overhead. And I'm like, and they have all their friends working there. Like I've literally seen three or four brands that in my just periphery or friends or whatever, friends of friends. And I'm like looking at them and like, this, they're they're only one account away from like all of that going away. Like, right. Like they lose their big store account. And then how are you going to afford, you know, 10 employees and a $30,000 or $20,000 a month rent? Like it's not possible. So we've always kept it quite small. You know, we have a small studio, small team. And it's like we outsource some of the other things. So anyway, I don't want to ramble on too much about this. (laughs) It's interesting. It's just a fascinating thing, you know.
1: Well, if if there is a uh, a new creative front coming like soon, uh, I guess I'm curious to like, what's your process? What what if you're if you're just you know drawing? How do you how do you get to the point of like, you know, choosing a color palette or just kind of what would you know going into a new creative process look like for you?
0: Um, well, I I mean, like a lot of people, I have a notebook and I keep I make sketches, or I'll hear song lyrics, or like I'll write some thing down that pops into my head, or a lot of times there's popular phrases that I really like, like pay no mind. I don't know, it just kind of makes sense. Like you've heard it, it's a phrase, but it doesn't like, is it like the most popular phrase? No, like it's a, it's a, just a, from a couple of different sources. So I don't know, I get an idea like that. I get some words in my head, and I write them down and like, I'll just sketch them out. I'll, tra- I'll do like a thumbnail or I'll do a, like a five by five sketch and then I'll let it sit for a few days. But really, I don't know, like, so I let this, I just let it kind of marinate. And then, you know, one day I'll just kind of sit down maybe a week or two later or three weeks or whatever, maybe six months. And I sit down and I just start drawing on a big piece of paper. So once I get that big piece of paper and I have the rough idea, then I have kind of like, then I'm sort of like, all right, this is going to happen. And I spend probably the, you know, drawing actually the pen or drawing the pen and ink takes a lot of time. But for me, the idea takes just as much time or yeah, sort of that. Fi- really roughing in that pencil sketch, and I kind of like regret like that. I don't like. I know some people who will draw on a light box with a separate piece of paper so they can get a really clean line on top of the pencil sketch. But I actually like draw over the pencil sketch, which is kind of like destroying this thing. Like the sketches to me are like really neat. Like yeah. I love I love pencil drawing, and like I think my sketches have become better and better, and that informs like the pen and ink so I think of it like in terms of like just a comic book factory like there's a guy who does the pencils there's a guy who does the writing there's a guy who does the inking there's a guy who does the color separation so like those are all different distinct roles but if you can set if it starts with the idea guy and he can set up the sketch guy and the writing guy and then they can set me up to do the pen but like really I'm doing each yeah but it is really just like it is just really like comic book assembly line or illustration for me. Like that's what it is. It's just a, a assembly line process. But and I've and I've said this before in different uh, interviews or whatever. But like I used to just draw like doodle stuff. Like that was really how I started. It was just pen on paper, just drawing free, like you know, free form, just stream of conscious, like drawing just shapes and dudes and you know, draw the eyes and like that thing forms out of that. So i think doing that for like thousands of hours really kind of helped me with this like looseness of things where i'm like you know just kind of a lot of the drawing is spontaneous or it is just like it's it's meant to be joyous like i hope it that's and i feel like that translates because it is joy like when i'm drawing it is i'm usually there laughing or like honestly like my one of my best friends moved out here last year this guy matt crabe who's also a really good artist favorite time is sitting there drawing next to him and and i'll show him something and then he'll like riff off of that and he'll give me an idea and then like it's fun to draw that way where you have a a loose collaboration where you're not actually you know him and i help each other but we're never going to be like i take credit for that you know like it's like a it's just like a symbiotic relationship where you have somebody (laughs) another mind to because he's he knows all sorts of stuff about art so having people like that in my life and even day to day is really helpful, you know? So I don't have to text him to get a feedback. It's just somebody like, yo, what do you think about this? And he'll like come up with a funny thing that I didn't think of or be like, yo, you should add like a centipede in that. I don't know, he'll come up with some weird ideas. like that. He just has like a random association mind like I do. So it's really helpful to have someone like that.
2: Yeah, your work is really super intricate. And I think that's what draws me in as well. There's so many details to like find later on, which is, it's fun in the NFT world as well as like having it on a t-shirt because there's stuff that I'll see, like it's obviously on the back of the shirt. So I don't see it as much, but my wife might like point something out on my back that I'd never <laughs> seen before, you know?
0: Yeah, that's funny. I know. I get, I used to just print on the front shirts, but all these stores <laughs> on everything on the back. I'm like, well, you know, you can't, I'm just so used to seeing things on the back. Now If I see it on the front I'm like, that's not right. It doesn't look right. Like it's, <laughs> so I, I need to try to pitch more front shirts. because then people can see you coming with the, the message or whatever there you go yeah i think you can get that done i um... but speak i don't know speaking to the, the the complication or the like uh, the you know comp, just the hidden messages and hidden meanings that's just i don't know that's just always been really fun for me so and i think that is just there there's that maximalist element of psychedelia or like you know, cartoon psychedelia where that's important and that's like a signifier. So, you know, it's just, for me, it's not like, I'm not, I've never tried to do that. I just, that's how I started drawing in high school. Cause I was deeply influenced by a lot of, you know album covers and sixties art. So that's just what I knew. And and it really wasn't even like looking at that stuff and drawing. It was just like my mind exploded. And then like, that's <laughs> kind of how I felt like expression worked. Right. I just, I was talking uh, last night to Matt, Matt Fury. um, And he was talking about the Muppet show and thinking like, yeah, like how much of this stuff that you absorbed as a kid? I mean, I grew up in the (laughs) 80s mostly, but the Muppet show and like, we talked about. um,
2: I've seen an Alf in there.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't Yeah. Alf is, I don't know. Alf is more like a, yes. I mean, it's all influential and there's so much cartoons, obviously like uh, the Simpsons. Yeah so much cartoons just like inundated with this information I think I think all kids are now I don't think there's any generation or like decade that's more than another you just it's it's the absolute inundation of information and thinking about it now like thinking back to the 80s and I, I was born in 77 but thinking back to the 80s that was like I don't know maybe I think that was maybe the beginning of just like over saturation like over like messaging just like overstimulation so I think that psychology plays into like my version of psychedelic or what I think is psychedelic or you know so it's just kind of crazy it
1: makes sense because I mean like we we're like we come up like 90s and I'm sitting here and I'm looking at Tyler's computer with the, the killer acid sticker right in the front left it's just the uh just a nice head with sunglasses with the, with a friendly brain crawling out um, but like, you know, those 90s cartoons and, and just like that space in our brain that just is occupied by that information that is only there because we would watch it so often and be like entranced by it. But like, I get a sense of that kind of style floating around um, some of your work and, um, you know, it's it it brings a sense of childhood, I guess you could say, just to um, see that in there. but. I could always appreciate really looking looking for easter eggs and kind of looking at a piece that you can just stare at forever
0: yeah i mean that's 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 pretty much it. it's just a, i i feel like i had a prolonged childhood in a way and i feel like i've never really left i feel like i'm just <laughs> and at some point in your life is a struggle at least for most people to retain that child like joy i feel like there is a struggle at some point when you're trying to t- transition into adulthood and there's you're looking for meaning, you're looking for a purpose. And for me, that was like, there was, it was obvious. You know, it was like, I had to make this choice whether I'm gonna retain this joy in my happiest moments of life and continue with them. Or if I have, you honestly feel like you have to like cut them off of you and like go out and, you know, submit to society and, and it's not as if i didn't like i worked. i always had a job i always worked like two jobs you know i worked in advertising i was a receptionist i worked at a drugstore. like i did i've worked my whole life i don't think it necessarily has anything to do with work so much as like i never really had a full-time job i was always like a freelance guy at the art department at the advertising agency or i was like a freelance guy you know i never i think that was the key for me is like never fully giving over never fully like you know Admitting I was going to just give up all those dreams and all the, all that stuff, you know? So it, it just, it was a definite battle. And I think that a lot of artists will say the same thing because some people get given really good, like, you know, not to say I haven't had luck. I've had luck, but I feel like I've made luck by putting myself in that, in the position that I can have my work seen, you know? Anyway.
2: You, how has NFTs played into that? Like, are you like so grateful that that just was dropped onto all of us? I mean, it's,
0: it's just been wild. Yeah. I mean, I, I, again, with that, like that, that path I put was on, I kind of like just found the super rare guys in Brooklyn. Like I (laughs) met them one night at a bar, like completely (laughs) in reality. Like my friend was working with them, helping them and I went out and we met. I met the the founder, and <laughs> that was how that started. I mean, they told me about it wasn't called Super; it was called Pixura. and that <laughs> is their parent company, I think, still. But they, long story short, I basically gave them some animated gifts to, you know, put on their to do whatever they want it with because they yeah, were kind of like promotional. Like, we can, stuff. We're going to distribute this at this trade show or whatever it's called, like a convention. I'm like, that's fine, but like the convention like didn't work out or something. Or like the minting didn't work or something happened so they put some of them on the super rare test net which became super rare oh. so we actually have like there's a couple you know there's a some x copies there's some coldies there's some really og guys and like those i think the killer acid ones are like number 46 and 47 on super rare so and i still own one of those which is kind of nuts so anyway but yeah to get back to that point i didn't really think much of it like i thought this is awesome Yeah, like. I sold a couple nfts in 2018 2019 I don't remember for like a hundred dollars or like one ethereum which was probably like a hundred dollars at the time or something and I thought that was yeah. awesome I'm like this is cool I didn't really even know what like ethereum was you yeah. know I just was kind of like well this is neat and I like it just kind of entranced me I didn't fully get into it I didn't fully like put my whole body into it because I had I mean I'm trying to also make this brand happen I'm also really dedicated to like making print media, like making, like working on illustration. So I just kind of saw it as like a a fun thing, but I didn't really ever think it would become what it became. If I did, I would have probably prepared and like made a plan, you know, like I don't know. I see people who sometimes like come in now and they're like, Oh, like I can't, I can only sell my thing for like 0.3 Ethereum or whatever. I'm like, that's like, that's like, like, 50 times more than I sold my first <laughs> or not 50, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. You know, like it's all relative. Like, I don't know. I think it's just not to, not to say that's bad. Cause it, it, there is a thrill in like selling your first piece, whether it's, you know, but I can't, I, I get, maybe it's a little more thrilling now because, wow, I just made, I just sold that. And like, <laughs> like I know what it's worth. I know what Ethereum is. And I know, you know, like you, you, you just, it's, there's so much more educational tools out there nowadays than there was You know three or four years ago so i don't know it's it's mind-blowing and i and i'm you know obviously i'm engaged with it you know i probably spend too much time trying to make jokes on twitter or (laughs) (laughs) my time you know trying to make that's how i blow off steam at the end of the day that's kind of what i work towards is like making making crypto art like uh tangential things or like you know adjacent comics or things that are funny or topical so
1: yeah, I find I find your Twitter persona to have pretty good
0: timing. Um <laughs> you're pretty yeah. good with it. I'm tired out this week, so I've been, a, I've been, a little, I've been off I haven't thought of anything really funny this fucking week and it's just, driving me crazy. Just say goodnight,
1: dude. <laughs> just say goodnight <laughs> right? before you go to bed.
2: Most uh, likes.
1: I, I was gonna say, I feel like you can almost see in your like super rare, um, because you were one of the first people that when I started looking. Super rare was one of the second was like the second spot that I started looking for and looking to buy art about this time last year. And, uh, I always had an eye for your stuff, but it was the six, six, six vampire gif with the tongue rolling out. I always loved that one. A few of the other, you know, the, the coffee and the nug and, and all that stuff. But, um, you, you can, you know, if you look at your curation there, you can kind of see the progression to kind of where you, you, you take a little bit of a, you know, different route with those, you know,
2: bigger, more intricate pieces, but
1: I love it all, man.
2: I really, I really do. It's like the comic strip portions are awesome. They're some of my favorite ones, like where the cats got into the catnip. Yeah. Yep. just like going on a trip all day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's from a comic that I did in a like a comic book for a, f- a few years ago. Yeah. I, I talk, I talk about this sometimes with like the really big intricate pieces and sometimes the super like boiled down little things like I like love both of those things. And I, I love, and I, I love comics just as much as I love like big intricate drawings. And sometimes the comics are just like the most honest things, you know, cause they're so simple and like relatable. And if it's funny then, or if it's just like, I don't know, like they're just, they just resonate sometimes with more people, I guess. So I've always kind of like fought to like not be pigeonholed into like one look or maybe one, Thing or maybe maybe you pigeonhole yourself into that or something, but I try to like you know at this point I don't really think about it anymore. But for a couple of years that I remember being like I got to find my like voice. Like do I have to like draw? Do I want to blow people's minds with these big drawings that take a long time and the ideas maybe are harder to find, or do I want to also just like waste. Turn a doodle into drawings? a comic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So and I, I thought about this recently too because I was thinking about um, like I, I studied blotter art a lot, like acid art, blotter art, like there's a lot of, there's a lot to all that stuff. Like now there's more of these vanity blotter prints that are just like maximalist. Like, can you fill up the entire space and make it like as detailed and crazy as you can? But then I think about like the traditional, like the original blotter art, the, the anonymous blotter art, that's literally selling the product and the tiny little pad prints. You know, or I you know I don't know how they. I think they print maybe the whole image at once, but they're just little tiny graphics that are like one tab or sixteen tabs big. So I think about how important that stuff is, and um, I, I've studied this stuff. And you you think about the blotter sheet and the acid sheet as being like um, a friend of mine calls it the world's smallest billboard. <laughs> and and it's also to me like um it's like kind of the first meme. Like there's a famous like Mickey Fantasia image. It's like a crappily drawn version of Mickey Mouse with, you know, Fantasia outfit, the wizard outfit. And all that that was, that's a famous, that's a famous artwork. I mean, that's famous in terms of like sixties art or whatever, but that's so simple, but it's like a meme. There's no credit. There's no, it's an anonymous author or artist. And it's like a pop culture reference. And so to me, that's interesting. And there's, there's power in like those kind of crappy comics or like single panel little doodles that are more like, that to me is more like punk rock than it is like traditionally what you think about like psychedelia or like, you know, trippy artwork. That to me, but that to me is just as important. So when I think about little dudes or like I think about like black flag covers, like I think about these singular stark illustrations that are like impactful and like really like stand the test of time almost. So that's kind of why I like to do both. I like to, and that's why the super rare will be like, you know, a couple of these animations, like these little dudes and then like a big thing. So it's kind of like <clears throat> I never really bothered to curate it. And it's kind of just what it became partially because there was no stakes. There was no no one was like, why are you posting like this thing? And then this. like no one ever said to me, like, which one is the real artist? So I never really made it. I never really like stopped doing that. So,
2: yeah. <laughs> Keep it rolling, man. <laughs> That's funny. So we saw that you're going to be in Sotheby's soon, huh?
3: That yeah, was cool. That's NFT crazy. girls,
2: like, um, what do they call those now? Like the collector. I think it game? was a curation. I, I forget. What like a
1: digitally something? Am digitally native. Yeah. Digitally out?
0: native. Yeah, digitally native. I think it's one point two. I originally yep. I thought it was yep. two, but no, it's one point two. So that's cool. But yeah, that blew my mind. She like, she she was like texting me a couple months ago. I was like, asking me questions like, where did you grow up? Like. <laughs> <laughs> and
3: don't worry like, about
0: it <laughs> he said well she's really nice she's awesome yeah, he yeah. Said, it's for a thing and I'm like okay a thing like I don't know what what I'm like thinking she's like being interviewed by somebody about her collection or whatever yeah. and, but it turns out that you know it, it's uh Sotheby's I'm like oh well so you know if, I'm like I gotta dress my uh, avatar up in a suit that was the first thing I'm thinking of like I don't know how to, I don't know how to think of this like I, I hope it does well for her it it feels a little scary to me in a way it's like <laughs> kind of like oh this is like because I mean I I was in New York for a while and I, I know the traditional art world I've done I've had work in group shows in Chelsea like I've had like a, a taste of that but it's not something that I like f- met, that I feel great about you know it's like makes me feel like stressed out I think because <laughs> I don't want to be like I'm like, I don't want to, I don't, if you're going to look at this and be like, what the hell is this? It's like like
1: bringing you to your own surprise party.
0: What the fuck? I'm like, (laughs) yeah, but you know, it is what it is. And I, and I'd have to be positive about it and see it as like a really awesome.
1: It is really awesome though.
0: Yeah. So I'm really happy about it. I just tend to skew a little, uh, you know, I get anxious or like, I can easily get down on myself. You're not good enough for that for that what piece is house. it for that, for that time tested auction house <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah you're
1: on
0: the books the piece is called alien magic it's like um i was trying to design uh like a new it was for it was meant to be for clothing but it, i think it ended up being a little too out there for um
1: your <laughs> deal but it was
0: it was used on a, co- on a coloring book cover and it said believe in magic at the top that was that was kind of cool but yeah it's it's i really like it it's a i feel like it's a strong piece um but it's also like kind of like i don't know it's never really had its own voice or its own path like some of these other designs like pay no mind or no bad trips or i don't know i'm trying to think of some
3: take a hike like i have a lot
0: of shirts that are just like that have these legs and they exist and they're like they're like be loved by the by the people who have them or whatever in whatever form but this believe in magic or alien magic piece isn't it's never really had that like time tested or you know uh, product tested life so it's interesting to me I'm curious huh. to see how it does and if it can stand up on its own merits
1: where was where was this release
0: it was on super rare I think it was released at the beginning of this year it's a couple years old but I think it was released at the beginning of this year and she got it Mm, uh, I think she okay. won it for like yeah I think it was like four or five ethereum at the time or something
2: I like it's, the aliens sitting in the uh the bath the, the pool floats yeah
0: yeah that was like a there was another design I did that was no bad trips that was like one of our most popular designs ever I, I have it that, on a shirt I think that one was a little bit of a I was trying to maybe not I wasn't recreating it but I wanted to like explore that idea a little bit more like sci-fi or whatever and i've done different no bad trips designs like i just i've done them in different formats and different you know i, I like redrawing things sometimes so i was kind of like trying to do that but with it within this like headscape idea and i'm not sure i'm not sure i fully executed it but it you know <laughs> i think it's a good piece i think it's a good artwork but i'm not sure what it is exactly 100 so well
1: it's found its path yeah it's on its
0: i can't do anything about it now it's locked on the blockchain and it's going to its next Destinations. so <laughs> yeah.
2: i think it's one funny. of my favorites is um the polaroid one and i have that shirt as well i'm oh, a big fan of that one
0: thank you yeah that's been a good that was a really fun collaboration with polaroid because that was a little weird too it was like
2: with the you know, arms and the little legs yeah. Kind of, yeah yeah
0: i worked with this company in milwaukee called retrospect who actually takes the cameras They take all the vintage ones from the junk store, the thrift store, and they, or people send them to, I don't know how, how they source them. They must have a sourcing person, but then they like strip out all the front, they strip out everything and just have the the electronics basically. And then they have a system where they make a new mold, a plastic injection mold. And so you you can actually make your own colors or whatever. And that's all, the housing is all made fresh. So then, but the guts are all original. So it's kind of a crazy Hmm. product. Hmm. Um, so they approached me and they're like, do you want to work with Polaroid? And I was like, okay, yeah. Does Polaroid want to work with killer acid? Like, that- <laughs> and then, you know, I had to do like a proof of, con- I had to draw like the, I had designed basically the whole camera <laughs> without even knowing if it was going to happen. So that's, you know, I don't, I, I don't usually do that. It's called working on spec. I believe like, I don't usually do that for people, but in this case, I was like, well, I got to." I love cameras. Oh, I love Polaroid. I love polar. When I was a kid, I shot, I shot, so I had so much of that, but you know, I'd always ask for that film and stuff for my birthday or whatever. And I, I loved taking photos with that. So to me, that was like, yeah, this is going to be sick. And then the shirts, the shirts kind of came in after that. So I didn't have to draw those. <laughs> if I had to do all that, it would be kind of mad, but it actually turned out totally amazing. I mean, I thought we were going to sell like a hundred cameras, but like it's, it's sold out now again. And, you know, we've gone through, maybe like 1,500 cameras or something. Wow. Like a lot of cameras. Yeah, not just for us. I mean, they went to stores too, but we're getting another, we're getting re-upped soon. So I'm looking forward to getting more because I can't keep them in stock. I'll be like, I have cameras and then they sell out. And then, <laughs> <laughs> I want people to get these cameras because they're really, they're really special. Um,
2: so oh, they got to find the guts that still work.
0: Yeah, no, I don't know how they keep, eventually, I don't know. They, I think they might run out, you know, I don't know how they yeah. can keep getting they're gonna eventually maybe reach a point where they, you know, can't find them. But I have to imagine there's like the Polaroid 600, they must've made like millions of those cameras. You know, I can't, I'd love to know the number because it's kind of funny to think like, did they make 5 million cameras or like 1 million or 10 million? Like, I don't know, like they're- hundred million? They're gonna be like, eventually they're gonna be recycling the ones that they made. Right. Uh, You know, they'll be like sourcing their own cameras eventually, maybe. That'd be kind of funny, I wonder. I'd like to see the day when that happens, when they get a camera and it's like one of the ones they made 10 years ago. <laughs>
2: <Okay>. <laughs> I don't know. Web 3 version. So I, I saw the cutouts that you guys made. What was the process like for making those cutouts?
0: So the cutouts started, my friend, I have a, a dear friend of mine, um, this guy named Chris Upuse, who's a uh, Chicago artist. He, him and I had a studio next to each other in New York. And he's a painter. He's like a really good craftsman and painter. And I was at I was went to Chicago to do an art show at this little gallery. And um, he was. It was with him and one other person. You know, we I had I had drawings. I had work for the show. But but one of the plans was to go up there and make some cutout paintings. And so he taught me how to do that basically in his parents. We were in his parents' basement thing because he went to Chicago from New York. And he he taught me how to do that. And you know. I got used to using a handsaw. <laughs> uh, it's like fun like i don't know i i those are like great stress relief projects and I, I think those have come more into uh into vogue now people artists making little cutout paintings and stuff but him him and the people at our studio in brooklyn called secret project robot um this guy eric z they used to just like take scrap wood and just pile it in the back of their of the gallery studio space and like they would just cut out all sorts of crazy shit. Like all day they'd be cutting out and it would it would be plywood, it would be like cardboard. Like, it's just like this hand homemade kind of, you know, DIY just Good cut wood. and paste aesthetic. So they would build these like shacks and they cover them with like, you know, crazy like cutouts that are just basically like screwed into two by fours. And, you know, like even the fr- early ones we did, we, we just screw them into the wall. It's kind of like literally destroying it. But at the same time, it's like a piece of folk art. So like, who cares? Yeah. Like, you know, now I, I try to do them every Halloween. Um, and my wife helps me. She's really fast at painting. She's like a great painter. I'm not, I can't, I like, I'm good at painting when I take my time, but I don't really always have the patience for it. Yeah. Because to me, it's like one more level of shit you have to do. Like not only you have to like, you know, drawing is pretty immediate, but painting, <laughs> it's just, it's laborious. It's layer and layer and layer. But she's like great at it so she helps me a lot with the underpainting and then I'll just go over and paint the the character I'll I'll like you know do like a paint by number and I'll give it to her yeah and and I've gotten pretty good at cutting them so now I can like get a lot of detail and cut you know and I don't screw them into the wall anymore so (laughs) (laughs) honestly I don't even like I only ever sell those things in person so they're kind of like this weird magical little thing that you know if you people kind of have to find me to get one. Cause I'm not going to, I don't know. I just don't feel like putting them online. It's not like. It's necessary. like a personal
2: you know? exchange.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's like a personal object and we we like put them on our house at Halloween. Like we like have nails in our house and we'll hang them up. Like we're going to, I'm going to try to do that this weekend. It's God, really fun. God, and people come over God. They're like, look at this, like, you know, folk house. It's like, just like weird, like handmade decorations on the walls. And some people get it. And some people are like, Oh, like I could do that, you know. Well, I don't see your house with those, (laughs) (laughs) right? But like, so, but yeah, I I don't know. I find them very relaxing to make, and I don't know. I I should talk. I mean, I I post about them sometimes on Instagram, but yeah, it really goes back to my friend, kind of teaching me the the family business or something, you know.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So is most of it's all of your work analog, or do you do any of it digitally now? Um, everything is finished.
0: I mean, I've always just. I've always, well, actually that's not true. Back in the day when their Photoshop wasn't, I mean, I had, I'd use Photoshop from an early age, but I did learn how to do color separations by hand on like vellum um, sheets, you know, like that's how people used to make color separations for screen printing or even like commercial printing Like the hand, the separations were done by hand pretty much. Hmm. Um, So I did, I learned that. And I mean, obviously that is time consuming and pointless if you have Photoshop and like a really big iMac, right? (laughs) So, but I kind of try to carry that spirit with me like with the color separations. It's sort of like a screen printing background like how the colors work for me. So I just use usually just use Photoshop. Um, I scan everything and contrast it as good as I can get. And then most of the coloring is done digitally. Sometimes I will draw colors like by hand as well, and but then you have to like go in, and there's a whole nother backwards process where you have to like you know separate them that way, which is fine. Yeah. So it's both. Sometimes I color things by hand, but I'd say 90% of the time I just color everything in Photoshop and try to make it not look like it's completely computer generated, you know, because I don't want it to look like it's drawn on a computer.
2: So it, maybe. it definitely you can't tell, so that's why I definitely had to ask. So it's cool that it's a mix,
0: yep. And I think that's cool because honestly, like when I see everyone drawing on an iPad, like that's fine for them. I'm not going to be critical of someone's process, but I do notice that the line work is homogenized to some degree. Like some people get really good at it and they can, they can kind of trick you or they can like, you don't notice as much, but I say I can usually tell where if someone drew something on a computer or their iPad or whatever, like, cause you, there's like just kind of like this weird quality to the lines. that you innately can see that they're drawn on paper. I don't, it's, I don't even know exactly how to describe that, but I feel like for me, there's like this connection with the paper because I draw like really hard. Like I yeah. press like really hard on the paper and that's how I get these lines that are just like, you know, solid black, heavy lines. Like I just like that kind of, that. what makes me happy is those solid lines you know i don't know why I've, I've never wanted to draw like scratchy and like shading like i did right. that at some point but cross hatching like that stuff to me i don't i just don't <laughs> dig that stuff but <laughs> so i don't know so for me i think drawing drawing live in person on a piece of paper it's just something there's a little dance in that and i go in with the the. i have like the white you know the white pen. The paint pen and I'll go back in and I'll revise because that's how people do that I mean I look yeah I live in Santa Cruz California like you can go look at Jim Phillips art like the Santa Cruz art like it's all drawn it's all the same style you draw it big draw it on paper there's like revisions mistakes like white out like whatever and then there's a process to color it so I'm using that same that same process skateboards comic books, like a lot of these things, all these industries use the same process. So illustration, you know, so that's kind of how I like to look at it. And with, when, it turns, when it comes to the color, like, I used to sit there for like, I would sit there for like 10 hours and try to color something. And I And But now I have more of a color theory of what I like. So you know, sometimes I need to kick my ass, my own ass, and be like, you need to like try to come up with new color schemes or maybe no, no. try something a little different. There's
3: no, but you know what I mean? Money. Like,
0: sometimes it's fun to be minimal and not have like eight colors, like, just two colors, or like maybe not use black lines. Like, there's sometimes I just like to play with these other things. I had a really, I have a print that I just did. Um, it's this Cat Planet screen print. It's like um, 36 inches long. It's a really long print. And on that one, I used more like this. Um, Woodblock printing look where there's different color lines. So there's some black lines, but then there's some like red lines, and then the color is all trapped underneath. Both and and I kind of think that's really effective. Sometimes you use different color lines, so you can kind of get lazy on a computer and just paint bucket, and yeah. you don't want to separate out the different color lines because it takes more time, especially if everything is drawn on one on a piece of paper and you have to scan it and you know if I had the luxury of drawing on separate layers, and I sometimes do that on paper, but it's way easier on a computer to, to just start a new layer, you know? So,
3: yeah.
0: but I use like, light bo- I use light boxes here. Like I got a big light box, you know, I put the paper down. I, that's fun for drawing like references too. Like, but then it's interesting cause you don't just dump it into Procreate, right? You don't just take, cause a lot of people trace stuff too. So. And I don't not, I trace things occasionally, but I feel like I warp them first or like mess around with them first on the computer for a while to get the, to get it to be the right composition or something. And then I just loosely outline it in pencil, like ever so loosely, just so I have the proportions correctly. And then I basically just throw that reference away, you know, I don't look at it anymore. I don't want to be tracing something directly. That's just kind of like, I feel like that doesn't leave you with a thing that, uh, an object that has personality too much. Yeah. There's got to be a little bit of looseness in there, you know, then that comes back to that, that play or that like doodle style or like that is literally like you're dancing in the moment, you know, you're like just drawing and like, you're not like really thinking like, you know, I'm not usually thinking because the guy, the the other guy down the assembly line did the thinking and the other guy (laughs) did, you know, so like I, when I'm, when I'm penning, I'm not, I'm not thinking, I'm just like having fun. It's really weird though to trick myself into doing this. Honestly, <laughs> that's crazy.
2: Yeah. Work. So the idea guys put the references on to Procreate just to get a composition printed out. Yeah. Trace loosely around it, give it to the next guy, also you, who now <laughs> brings it to life. That's that's a lot of separation you have to do <laughs> in your mind. Yeah, I'm,
0: I mean, I'm, I'm kind of crazy. <laughs> but uh, you know, sometimes I get mad at the guy who had the I'm like, this this idea sucks. <laughs> Like the dude, the final guy, which is me, gets, he, no, like the guy, the idea man knows he's up to some bullshit and (laughs) I'm like letting it pass. because I'm like, maybe we'll fix this in post, you know, like maybe we'll, (laughs) maybe we'll figure this out later. Maybe this all makes sense later, but that, that rarely works out. So the the main guy, the master brain guy kicks it back. He's like, get this shit out of here. Start over.
2: (laughs) It's a problem for future me.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so I don't know. I have a good, I have a good, I have a good success rate from beginning to end. I'd say my success rate from ideas I'm psyched about to final drawings that actually get used for something, I think it's about fifty percent, and I think that's pretty good. Yeah, it could be even higher than that, but I don't usually waste time.
3: The idea guy
2: is pretty good at his job. Give him some. Idea guys,
0: he's okay too. He's not bad. But
2: like, yeah. So maybe maybe have, he's just like overpaid
1: and like.
0: That's why <laughs> I have more. People. That's why I want to surround myself with more people because then you're like surrounded by idea guys or surrounded by idea people. <laughs> yes. you know, they're like, yo, man, I was watching this thing, and you're thinking about oh, or they put on a song, you're like, oh, that yeah. song's interesting. Like someone else influences your fucking little bubble, and you're like, oh yeah, dude, that's great. Like I, or you, or maybe you were thinking about a similar thing a couple days before, and then they show you something. It clicks. Yeah. look at this book I got I, I think you need people in your creative sphere that will do that and challenge and also challenge you you know like I know when someone I know when when someone is telling me like oh maybe not the you know maybe a little maybe try to go a little harder on this one or, or a little farther <laughs> you know so yeah. you have to know I think people who do art professionally know how to like phrase that directly without being like weird or you know like making you feel bad I've never had an issue with someone giving me their criticism that goes back to the art gallery in Brooklyn like there was a lot of ideas flying around there you know and a lot of energy you know so capturing that energy that collective energy I thought was really important Um, and a lot of times young like artists will email me or people be like or I'll meet kids at like an event you know and they'll be like how do you like what do you what should I do like I live in this small town you know in the middle of nowhere or whatever and I'll just I'll usually be like you should go I'm not saying you have to move to New York or LA but you should go to like Detroit or you should go to Toronto or you should go to like Houston or you should go somewhere where there's other people making art that you can meet and you can be influenced by and maybe that maybe that I don't know maybe that's harder in reality than than it actually than I think it is but I mean that took me moving to New York probably took me like I don't know Five years to find that at all, you know, like it, so, it's not like it happened overnight, and you just—I met all of a sudden these magical people who were going to influence <laughs> me and change me. But I think that that uh, art collective thing too is like it's a short-lived thing. Like it's you know, you think art collectives like art collectives last a couple of years usually, and that, it's a it's a it's a crazy you know coming together of people, and then everyone announcing happens.
2: ideas, and then everybody goes yeah. and does their own thing
0: that's kind of what we did. I mean, I moved out to Santa Cruz and now I have my own art studio with a couple people who work here. So, and that you is a controlled environment, because some of that stuff where you have 20 people, that's like, sometimes that's a little much when you're trying to get stuff done and there's like a band playing, you know, it's like, yeah. it kind of is too chaotic sometimes, but I think that can be really beneficial. So that's kind of, you know, I owe a lot of my success. I feel like to being exposed to so many different kinds of people and kinds of art. And I just feel like I learned a lot by it even just experiencing those people, you know, just learning about them and where they came from and why they do this. Like, why are you, you know, you have to be a little crazy to be, to make art, I think. So I'm definitely, some of those people were really crazy, like in a good way, you know? So, yeah.
2: This might be a really dumb question, but do you have like a go-to pen? Like, do you have a type of pen that you like to draw with?
0: Oh yeah. Uh, totally. Yeah. There are these, uh, Micron pens, just really cheap ones. Micron, the, the usual, you know, like it's like a micron. It's like the kind of pen you get it, like okay, yeah, for, yeah, like, yeah, drawing manga or like they're like kind of low level. Like I've had better pens than this, <laughs> but for some reason these shits come in like so like size ten used to be like really big and like I don't know I don't but now they I see them now in like size twelve, like it was usually like size eight or 10 is where I saw it mecked up, but I get those size 12s and the size 12s are like, basically like between like a, a, a thin and a, and a fatter Sharpie. So size 12 is great. Cause you can like, kind of have like this, you can get a thick line if you press down really hard, or you can kind of yeah. be more delicate with it. So, I mean, I, I grew up just drawing with Sharpies mostly, but, and I still use sharpies sometimes too. If I'm doing something that has to be like a larger scale, like sometimes there's nothing quicker than just, using sharpie. a sharpie marker. The only problem with Sharpies is like the, you, it's hard to do edging with them. Like they're they're sloppy in terms of like tapering or edging with the line, you know? So I, I usually use those for bigger lines. And then I go back in with the micron and clean up uh, like the tapered ends or, you know, I clean up areas. So I'll go over, I'm I'll probably go over a drawing two or three times, you know, I'll draw, but I don't really have, I see some people who just draw like an outline and then they do the next, line and then they do the the final black areas you know but i don't do it that way i just draw like kind of willy-nilly like all over the paper like this area yeah. will be thick, but that's how i build the compositions because i start seeing like this is dark here oh, i need to make this area darker to match um i had i had a friend tell me that so, like i can't remember it was in high school or college so i had this art this friend who was an artist and he told me he's like you need to balance this you need to balance all your work so if there's like 20 percent dark in this area like how much percent dark are you going to have in this area and like thinking about the uh drawing a little bit like how to find balance in the line weights and stuff so and i don't know i'm not sure that's the thing that i think about like with my left brain it's just kind of like more become instinctual like knowing what feels right so
2: yeah it's the second guy's job
0: yeah that's his job (laughs) the last
2: guy (laughs) yeah the improver. Did well, you fuck funny. up some desks back in your day? What's that? Did you fuck up any desks back in your day? I can see you, like, just filling a whole desk up with doodles.
0: Oh, I don't know. I ju- Well, yeah, I fucked myself <laughs> over because I, like, drew all over the walls in my, um. I think it was my second year of college or something like that. <laughs> the first time I had, like, a house, and it was, like, such a shithole. <laughs> it was, like, a row, ho- row home, and it was the same street um, that, that, uh, George Thurgood and the Delaware Destroyers lived there, I believe. It was like a party street. Like, George Thurgood's, like, the guy's, like, one bourbon.
3: <laughs> you yeah, know?
2: That, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: One beer. So, right? <laughs> but anyway, that's, like, a famous Delaware guy. So, but but when I was living at that house, it was such, like, a stupid, trippy party house. And, like, I literally, like, probably took mushrooms and drew, like, all over the wall and, like, with Sharpie marker and paint and stuff. <laughs> and our landlord was this dude who was, like, he must've been like 90 years old. Like he was so like, I don't know what he, he I don't know why you wanted to deal with like a bunch of college idiots. Like the dude seemed like he was on Beth's door. And I, and I just remember him coming to the house and doing an inspection and like coming in the room and like looking all over the walls and being like, what the fuck is this? Like, and and I didn't really think that like I needed to do anything about that. I'm like, they'll you know, they'll just paint that, whatever. Like, yeah. I don't, look, like, this isn't my responsibility. I'm now going to the next place. <laughs> so I had, I just remember at the end of that year, it was like really hot. And like, I had to paint and I had, and I don't know, I didn't know what I was doing. I bought probably the shittiest paint and it like, wouldn't cover <laughs> the Sharpie marker. It was, wasn't covering the black marker. I probably had to do like three or four coats and you could still see it.
2: You needed said, your wife back then, dude. Yeah,
0: right? I know.
2: <laughs> a hand. I could have dude.
0: probably used a lot of help back then. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So that was, I don't even know. What the, I don't honestly even remember the question, <laughs> but <laughs> oh, I hope yeah. that was relatable. <laughs> that was
1: great. Yeah, no, that was perfect. Now I'm just picturing like, if imagine if this house is still up and there's just like, you got to like scrape off some layers of paint and then you can just find some really true OG fucking
0: your acid on the wall. <laughs> Yeah, right. that will be some shit. Like, uh, I know I lived in a town where Edward Hopper was from originally. Uh, that one of my favorite like painters, and I remember his childhood home. There was like a museum, right? Like,
3: <laughs> they just sell <laughs> the imagine, whole house. Like, could you imagine I'm that? I
0: mean, it'd be wild. That'd be some. You'd have to be really famous though for that to happen. That'd be some wild <laughs> yeah. shit.
2: they like just like the room, just make a, just sell the room.
0: <laughs> make a museum, and you're like sh- and your parents. House, like fifty <laughs> years later, just in the middle of this like town or suburb or whatever, it's like the killer acid house. Yeah, it's cool. gonna go over well with the uh, the neighborhood, right?
1: Yeah, uh, that was the one random fact. I was like, we were talking before. It's like we get we know anything random. Was like, oh, he's, I think he's from Delaware. <laughs> so <laughs> the same,
3: baby,
2: go. I uh, see your eagle shirt on.
0: Yeah, this is my, yeah, my friend uh, Heavy Slime made this shirt. It says Eagles 2020, ready for pain and suffering. That's a fucking it sick That was Dallas sucks on the. Uh,
2: nice, um, nice. Um, We're watching the game right now. It's at halftime. Oh, don't halftime. tell
0: me, don't tell me, because I'm going to oh, watch it later.
2: I won't tell you. <laughs>
0: that's, what, that's the worst of my parents and my sister. They're always like, ah, ah, ah. I'm like, dude, <laughs> I tell you, I watch on delay. <laughs> I'm so like, glad I didn't like,
2: say anything. I was waiting for something big to happen, just to be like, "Yeah," because I saw your shirt. So I'm glad I didn't.
1: That. I didn't even notice that. I was more so looking at the hat that just looks like a pair of legs with a bare ass and that, with a middle finger coming out of the torso.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's funny. That's a that's a good I think hat. That's famous, like uh, I I was told. I don't know. I feel like that the symbol emerged from Vietnam. I think this was really all this on their on their helmets. I'm not sure if maybe it was a underground comic doodle from before that and that was just because like a lot of those guys in war would just like draw like a familiar little doodle or something like my grandpa was in world war ii he was like a uh he flew in a bomber he was a gunner but growing up i would go to to these air shows and we'd look at these like that was another thing that probably influenced me as a kid it's like looking at this nose art on these on these bombers and stuff and all that stuff is great like witchcraft like there's so many good ones I, I don't remember the name of his unit. I, I wish I could remember, but there's just like some of that art is just like so good. I remember as a little kid thinking like, damn, if I was if I was in the Air Force back then with you, I, I would want to be the guy that got to paint <laughs> yeah. awesome shit on the planes because those guys were that's not I can't imagine that'd be super easy to paint on. Like, yep, I don't yeah. know. Those guys were talented. Those I have a couple books of that stuff. Nose, nose art from aircraft. Nose art. <laughs> I just think it's fun.
2: wow. It reminds me of like uh, like train car graffiti and stuff like that where it's kind of like yeah it's a little bit different but that's something that I remember seeing growing up and being like I thought that was really cool probably the first instance of like street art I've ever seen
0: yeah yeah totally I don't know I think that folk art and handmade and innocent art I feel like is the most uh appreciated you know it's like high-minded art yeah that's great but also but I think I don't know, I'm more impressed by things that look like that someone just riffed and made that thing, you know? And it wasn't like, a, it wasn't like necessarily like meant to impress rich people just like for fun, you know? Like, so I love that. I love all that uh, outsider art. Like I was a big fan of the Outsider Art Museum in Baltimore growing up. My uncle's a glassblower and he would take me there. And, you know, I saw so many, just so many awesome Works there like um alex gray like his psychedelic paintings i saw them there no way when I, was, when I was probably a kid you know that's that stuff blew me away so dude yeah. shout out
2: witch doctor salem massachusetts oh, this nice. is like a glass blowing studio and like huh it's a, there's like a it's a gallery they like yeah. i that's remember awesome. when it they were it's a head shop that started out pretty small and they blew up and they Like picked up all the space around them now, have like a gallery. You can watch them blow glass. It's nuts.
0: That's cool. Salem's fun. I like that town. Is that where you guys are? Are you somewhere?
2: Pretty much. Yeah, we're in Danvers, which was like old Salem village or something. We're like real close by.
0: I remember going to Salem with my family in the in the autumn when I was like nine years old. And it was like it was totally rad. Yeah. It's It's a cool
2: time right now.
0: That witchcraft museum. Like, yeah, and all the decor it was like the whole town was like. The whole vibe there is like Halloween on steroids. (laughs) The whole
2: month of October, it's like impossible to get in and out of. And they're all in costume. Everyone walking around is just like the whole month. That's
0: fun. I mean, Halloween is my favorite holiday and like October is my favorite month. So, uh, yeah, going to Salem is kind of like going to Mecca for like the Halloween (laughs) spooky vibes, you know. I remember that that witchcraft museum scared the hell out of me.
1: It's fucking (laughs) scary. Yeah, there used to be. So, I would always whenever I'd be going to Salem, there would always be this one like it was like this church, and it was it was all black, and it was like that's where you marked like the Salem line for me. and I would just like be like, all right, here we go, I'm driving through Salem. <laughs> but I mean, I, I lived there in my later years for a few for a few years, and it's um it, like even in October, you know, or not October. every other month still feels the same. it's it's got mm-hmm. like that kind of vibe to it, but uh, it's a sweet spot. It's like right it's in cool. the water, it's like nothing, nothing yeah bad totally. about
0: it. Nothing like it, really. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like I don't ass, know.
1: Sketchy ass witch shit that happened <laughs> fucking centuries <laughs> that, ago.
0: That that's that witchcraft that witchcraft even scared the hell of me because it's like a witch, there's like a trial, and there's like a pentagram on the floor <laughs> that lights lights up and like these people they're like you think these, you know, I don't know, they capture my imagination. I'm like this. These these young ladies are in harm. There's a fucking fucking Satan there. Like there's a at least how how I remember it. There being like a big scary like Satan animatronic Satan or something. Yeah, devil. Don't play
2: around. Yeah, they didn't need to
0: have that devil. Like the witchcraft trials didn't have the devil
3: there. They just threw it in there. (laughs) (laughs) What I mean?
1: They just like like combined like just like uh, a you know a, a, a Satanist group. And just like yeah, just they sprinkle like, this on there, it's
2: artistic freedom. Yeah, no, this is, is this coming. Still from- like
0: that there? I don't know if you. I mean, I assume still you there? Every month, right? <laughs> just kidding.
1: Yeah, they're still there. It was, oh, okay. It place. Larry
2: hasn't been back. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I'm just, I'm just scarred because my uncle made me watch The Exorcist when I was like eight. So,
0: oh Jesus, I
1: oh, was yeah. just like... That's too young. It was all right. It was all right, but
0: yeah, I had a friend. I had a friend growing up who's... We go to his house for sleepovers, and like, his mom would be sitting on the steps, and they'd be like put on another one and they'd have like i've never seen so many fucked up movies in my life yeah
2: (laughs) (laughs) everybody's got that one after the
0: next and like i remember just like eating like birthday cake or drinking (laughs) coke like and then you you watch you watch like four or five hours of this fucked up movies like driller killer and like sorority house massacre all this shit when you're like nine or ten years old then you try to close your eyes and all you see in your head is like this horrible collage of like the shit you know you shouldn't be watching it's like nudity and like violence and it's like yeah. i remember calling my dad once or texting like can you cut it's like four in the morning and i haven't been able to sleep and like can you please come get me i'm like oh, no <laughs> i've been tortured i've been i've been tortured by these by these horror movies oh man <laughs> and-
1: it's fucking funny like i had that happen like later in life too we, we i was with all my buddies and same thing happened this time uh I was on a nice dose, so I was tripping pretty good. But I found myself there watching um what the fuck is that movie? Uh the Baba Duke. And and I was like, I can't get out of this room. We were like all on vacation. We went for a hike that day. I'm like, I can't get out of this room. I'm stuck here. I gotta watch this. I was like, I was holding this pillow, it was a llama, it was and it said no problem. I was like, if I stick with this pillow, then I'll <laughs> be good. But now that they one, try yeah. so
0: they invite the Baba Duke in because they have like the book or something, isn't that?
1: It's something wrong. like
0: that. Uh, we, I try to forget it. We were, uh, <laughs> when my wife and I were trying to um conceive a child, we we referred to it as the baby Duke. Oh, no, oh no, baby Duke. Uh, uh it was just a joke. It was a joke, but yeah, I don't know yeah, why yeah. that's that's all I remember about the Baba Duke is calling, as saying the baby duke. Uh, it's fair. <laughs> that's fair.
1: That's fair. That actually makes me uninvited.
0: And it wasn't like a you know scare, it was just kind of a i don't know why it's like a random association but yeah
1: well now i'll always associate it with the baby dude so yeah thank you that makes
2: me feel better
0: yes how do you like santa cruz oh yeah santa cruz is wild it's a it's a funny little town i mean it's a happy town mostly i mean it has some problems it's got it's expensive people you know you can see that it's a little bit of a tension there a little bit but i generally speaking it's a super happy place um i don't think i've ever lived in a town that's this happy people just are always in a good mood like saying hi and like you know people here are very friendly and i really like that and um it was one of the few places in america i honestly thought i could have a like store or like a Hmm. sign on a building that says killer acid and people (laughs) i i honestly like we have high frosted windows here but i can like hear through the glass a little bit and so many times I hear people say, killer acid. They'll be like, <laughs> they'll be like uh, uh, look, look, and then like take photos of our science. I don't know why it's so amusing to them. I guess because and my and my wife's uh, father came the other day and, and he's and he was like, Wait, your business is called killer acid? <laughs> it was like he was like mortified that like he's seeing it on the sign of the building and he's like, wait, like. Like he might have like i don't know how he didn't know that we, We've been married for, for six years or seven you know we've been together for like seven or eight years i don't know how this guy doesn't know that like i guess maybe we never told him but he came over the other week and he was like killer acid yeah that's really what you're doing here like I, like what no like, i think that's i just think that's like to me that's hilarious like trying to freak someone out a little bit you know it's just that's like the point like I don't care if he think I don't care what anybody thinks of me. Like I'm like doing what I love doing. And like it doesn't matter to me if some, if somebody, even um in my family, thinks it's stupid, you know? It doesn't matter to me, but I do find that funny. But yeah, Santa Cruz, back to this thing, I feel like this is a great place to be. Um, because it's just a California town with like a lot of history of psychedelic history like surf history skateboard history like earthquake history this town is like even like the tourism history like this town is fascinating like the, it was like a retreat when it was first built it was like a retreat from people from san francisco to come down Mm -hmm. and so we have the town here we have the amusement park we have like the santa cruz mountains which are full of like magical redwood trees there's like a steam engine train that takes you through the woods it's like You want to do that? It's there's just so many options here. Like you can walk or drive a couple miles down. You can ride your bike everywhere. Like there's so many there's just so many things about this town that I love, and I'm glad I'm here. And I'm glad we kind of like sat down and made a decision to where we wanted to grow up, where we wanted to settle down and raise a kid. You know, just kind of feels like the right place. So,
2: I think your art style fits in well with like the Santa Cruz vibe too. Yeah, totally. And I've worked with
0: Santa Cruz skateboards, and we're we're working together on a, a larger thing. You know, knock on wood, it should yeah. it should come out next year. So you know, it's kind of like the great. It's kind of like it's been a nice place to sort of, um, I don't know, just see, just seeing how they operate, seeing Santa Cruz, you know, NHS whatever. See how they they function as a company. Like just being able to go there and see that is fascinating to me. And like they have skate museums, and I mentioned that earlier. Like I can go see. Jim Phillips, one of my favorite artists, I can see his like original drawings. Like I can see how big he drew those like OG slime or whatever they're called, the, the slime balls wheels, like how big those were drawn mm. to shrink down, like to get an idea of scale and, and yeah. composition of the, I like looking at that stuff. Uh, I like seeing the original drawings, um, like even for, even production drawings, I guess that's what you call them for, for skateboards or comic books or whatever. So yeah and they have the they have like an awesome arboretum here they have like the university so there's like young people doing stuff it's like got a good energy like the downtown is like really cool it's like kind of like closed off like um four or five six blocks are are blocked off for traffic so you can walk on the street i think that's a a a cool part of a a little town nice that main street so yeah i don't know i always encourage people to try to visit santa cruz it's a fun place
2: added it to my list
0: you can buy mushrooms at like under, you know, the juice man sells mushrooms. Like hmm. it's like kind of funny, like things here are a little bit decriminalized. Like drugs are basically like decriminalized here entirely. Yeah. Like, they, don't, they don't advertise that or tell you that because there's like junkies and like, but there's not a criminalization of those junkies.
3: Hmm. Yeah. So much. It's like, let's so get them help
2: more often than put them in jail.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's jail is like, yeah, they don't put people who get, do mis- my, just misdemeanor carrying drugs they don't put them in jail here i don't mm. know if they give them a ticket i don't know what the process is but it's kind of it's interesting to live in a place like that and you know you can go to the juice bar and be like i know you have those mushroom things <laughs> candy <laughs> whatever and it's like they're not advertised they're, yeah. they're not legal to the point where they're selling them on the counter so it's like microdose my ready. smoothie
3: please yeah
0: <laughs> but please. i don't know that's what i think that's cool about santa cruz it's well, also like the health food stuff like there's just like. You know, it's like people here are health nuts. So I'm not really a super health nut, but my wife is. And
2: I felt know. that way when I visited San Diego, where it was like it was just health food everywhere.
0: Yeah, totally. And, San unless San you're looking Diego. for
2: breakfast burritos, and then that's where it's at.
0: The San Diego diet.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> like there was What's some it? Nick, Nick Kroll or something that had a San Diego joke like that. I can't remember. I do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love Kroll. One of my, like, this is totally random, but the the Kroll Mulaney, um, what is that random award show? Fun. Oh, it was the
2: Indie- Independent Star Award or something. Uh, yeah. They do, like,
1: they do, mo- they, they used to do the opening, or they used to host the shows and do the opening monologues, and they were so fucking funny.
0: Yeah, those guys are good. Um, it was short lived, but, and so it was like, exactly. Uh, true. John Benjamin had a van show. I like that was like one season. but There's some really good weird shows like that. I think, yeah, maybe more than one season. But yeah, I like the crawl. The crawl show is hilarious.
1: Well, one thing um, you missed with Santa Cruz, I think, was you got to hit on the banana slugs. Though you got a nice yeah. college there. I would yeah, see a they, T-shirt.
0: You see banana slugs all over the place too. Do you really? Well, and in in, mostly in the forest, you see them in the redwoods. You see okay, them. Yeah, the, you like, kind of
1: forget that that's redwood
0: area those, those are crazy but those are crazy crazy slugs
2: i don't know it's it's wild that you can go to the beach or the mountains or the desert like pretty much get to anything right there
0: yeah it's pretty weird well it's good there's like a <laughs> beach there's like a dirty harry movie that's filmed in santa cruz I, I think it's called sudden impact maybe don't quote me on that it's one of the later ones it's not as good like dirty harry goes down like dirty harry first movie it's great like the fifth movie is shit like so like it really goes downhill like incrementally but there is one film in santa cruz that's like amazing because there's like there's a beach uh natural bridges it's like really close to us and i'm like looking at it, i'm like wait this is like watching my dad i'm like this is filmed like right next to our house like you got the <laughs> next time you come out i gotta take you down there and you're like like and i was thinking oh man that was good that's great i could literally show my dad that film and then the next day i could take him on a santa cruz tour of the film (laughs) that would be like a really fun thing for him so you know that's awesome that's when he comes down here next i'm going to try to do that
1: yeah just incept him though don't tell him you're doing it
0: yeah right let's see if he notices what the fuck is going on i'll put him on the i i'll put him on the beach in the chair like the same (laughs) same setup and then i'll walk up with a gun and be like remember this shit (laughs) (laughs) Scared the shit out of me.
1: Yeah, just fucking make sure someone's filming it so you can. I should have hire an
0: actor to come up who looks like the guy in like the movie. And you like, have to I
2: film it, it though, like the same angle. <laughs> I was
0: like, Dad, I gotta go to the bathroom. <laughs> and, like, walk away, and then this guy rolls up. Like, and that shit got that shit just got real.
2: <laughs> Do you have anything coming up soon that people should be looking out for? Um, yeah, there's like
0: this. Um, Metaverse show going on in China. I don't remember the exact name of it, that's happening in the next week or so. And I have a piece in the, the, the latest thing I have on Super Rare is actually in that um, show. Uh, it's about like identities and like avatars and stuff. So the piece I made is sort of about, of course it uses the line, it uses like, I don't know why, this is like my random association brain. And I, I don't think anyone gets the reference, but it uses um, like these line, line from a door song it says like the killer woke before dawn he put his boots on and that's like on part of the illustration and mm. it's like a guy it's like a weird guy like selecting like an avatar like a face from like a gallery ancient yeah. gallery you know so uh i don't know I took a face from the ancient gallery basically thinking of thinking of nfts is like this cool. ancient gallery where you select a little face and i mean it's kind of like obviously like that's a stretch but to me it's kind of like that like you yeah. like maybe some kind of like mythology in that like you you're selecting your own faith or different avatar to represent yourself or something right so that's something that's happening and then that Sotheby's thing's happening and then and the I Sotheby's
1: just, thing that you're just getting just glossed you, right over pe- it peer pressured into like
0: I just learned about that <laughs> I learned about that like yesterday so I haven't had the chance to get excited about it I'm like what oh that's cool so you know that's going to be red. That's next week. So yeah, and those are happening. And then I don't know. I don't have like a huge. Basically, everything I'm working on comes out like in next year. So it's hard to get super excited about it. I'm not even allowed to like post about it or talk about it. So pretty much, hey, just, you get
2: to take your time though, right? Yeah,
0: I, I I spent a two months working on a project that just finished, um, mostly finished today. So
1: nice.
0: Yeah, it's just a little more to go, but. I'm trying to think of anything else that's happening. I mean,
1: I oh, actually know you, you, one thing that I had to ask you about your surprise hen drops because, oh. because I, I somehow caught that Tyler's our hen guy. He's um, I, I love, I love that route. And I love just the, from the clouds, I guess just quickly, how did, did you just like want to do that or how, how did that kind of formulate?
0: I don't know. I just thought it, I just, I love the platform. I, it was broken when I was trying to make my account. And I'm like, this is <laughs> cool. it's so punk rock. I love this. I, it's like Tumblr, but like all fucked up and like a weird, <laughs> you know, art project. So I, I I, love him. I thought that was fun. And and I was treating it differently. Like, you know, like I can't, I'm like from a collector's mindset, they'd be like, well, his this one of one costs this much. And if you're putting an edition of 30, well, then that should cost one 30th of that, one of, but that doesn't yeah. work for hen because you can't price something, you can't price an addition at like 400 hen each or something. Like that, yeah. seems like, that would be like a like mean spirit, like, you know, like I'm obviously pricing them higher than like somebody who's just starting an art or something, but like I feel like those prices were really like
2: very famous. good. Yeah, You're very like people, good. I was mad at first, myself for missing it. I know. The first Everybody time
0: I knew. did it, like, the first time I did it, like, uh, nobody knew about it. And they were mad. People were mad because I didn't say anything. <laughs> and the second time, I was like, "All right, I'm gonna give people a heads up." And then people were mad <laughs> they didn't get one. And it was like the things went too quick. So I think, and I've taken some advice, and I'm you know I'm gonna try to do another one around Halloween. And I yeah, think what yeah. I have to do is like a like an auction that you know one of those Dutch auctions where, where like like the price drops. Yeah, because more I think it's fair more fair because either that or I can release. I think somebody, I think, um, fuck render maybe was doing it where they release one at a time. I can't remember who was doing it. I saw somebody doing, it. they release one at a time and that does a Dutch auction. And then, mm. you know, I have to find a website. I don't know which site does that. I don't think
2: object.com I think is where you're looking for.
0: Oh yeah. Object. Yeah. the K. Yeah. yeah I that's the one. Yeah. So that's, I think I'll try that next time. Cause that seems a little more fair, you know, mm. but. I think I the pricing think has
2: one. been awesome. I uh, I wanted the Mario one pretty bad. That was my favorite one.
0: Well, you can still get one, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can always get one. I yeah, mean, that's true. They're probably not cheap now. I don't know what they're at, but uh, I think
2: it's like four hundred TES. <laughs> oh, really? That's awesome. Yeah, but like that—that's the.
0: Uh, I think it. I think it's at a thousand, but I can't. Yeah. Bet <laughs> <that>. <laughs> if it's not, then I'm gonna feel embarrassed. 400, oh,
1: my Tez, you might have to, you'd have to buy it right now.
0: If it was 400, that's a pretty good deal, because that would only be have four times. Tez? No, I don't have tez, what's Tez doing? Tez is like a weird...
2: It's like seven like, bucks yeah. right now.
0: Oh, okay. That's good. Yeah. Oh, Tez. My good
3: friend,
0: Tez. You're <laughs> the yeah. dark horse, Tez. I'm like, I'm going to get a lot of you, and then if you ever get good, then we're going to be really in business. Fucking I don't know. Like, who knows, though? I mean, I saw... I was, fucking, I was watching a Mets-Phillies game, and I there's a billboard in yeah, there.
3: says Tezos. Pe-
0: Tezos, and I'm like, wow, that, all right, this is good. You know? <laughs> and I'm like, probably nothing, probably nothing. <laughs> like, Tezos Tezos's billboard, I'm like, all right. These good guys morning, are, good night, probably nothing. They're spending some money. I mean, it's not... A, I don't really understand, like, the utility of it, or what it is exactly. I guess, is it maybe an Ethereum, like...
2: Um, it's just low gas fees. I think it's like yeah. it's pennies on the dollar to like move stuff.
0: But you can build. You can build with it. Like it's not just a coin or a token. Yeah, you can. can you can
2: put contracts on it and stuff. And yeah, they have DApps and right, all that good stuff. I love whatever books. that word I love means.
0: <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I think there will be another fun release. Maybe I don't want to put out too many editions. Like I could maybe make an edition of like two hundred, and that would probably satisfy everyone who wanted to get one then the sure. problem is then you have 200 or something it's like i feel like that's too many yeah and it doesn't make it special like it's like 200 like you know who cares right like mm. so i wonder if maybe i'll go up to like 50 or something and see how that feels but then again i don't know i mean i make screen print editions of like 200 and they but those, yeah i wouldn't can't, you never see them all together you know you never see them in a room You're like some, some guy out here's got one and some guy you know you don't you never see them all at once, so that's the issue with the over big addition I think mean.
1: yeah, well, I think that would be pretty well received I, I wouldn't hesitate if 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 that was a route you are looking to go down, especially for Maybe. Tez at the price yeah. that you drop it at like you know right. for for retail um, right. that as far as like your work you know Maybe. your selection of one of ones it's it's super diverse and and even the stuff that you price out on nifty and 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 everything like that is pretty pretty sparse so I mean, dude, people are talking thousands of editions. 200? Right. 200 is pretty fair, especially for going that route.
0: Maybe I was to 69 editions or something. You know, something fun. Double it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100 editions. I don't know. Like, it doesn't... That guy says... 96.
1: 96. 96.
0: It was funny, though. When I dropped that Nifty Gateway stuff, like, it was weird because I wasn't... I think a lot of people just kind of got pushed into the you know, NFT community through nifty gateway and March. Yeah. Like it was a great, it was an awesome time frame to do that. But it, almost the time, <laughs> understatement I, of the almost, year. Almost at the time though, like an addition of 90 was unsustainable by my collector base. Like it wasn't, yeah. Similar. When that happens, like the price goes down. But I'm always thinking in the back of my head, like we're gonna make the, we're going fix This is gonna be cool. Like we're gonna get this good for all these people. And I I even had people like emailing me or like i'm not emailing you like dming me on instagram and being like yo man what's up you like you're you need a manager like you don't know what you're doing like you put this <laughs> out you have the same thing on a screen print like that's not cool like you're they were like your prices are like freezing cold and he was like Burr. and i could tell he was like oh no. oh no i could tell he was like from germany or some other he, he wasn't you know he was speaking in a strange way yeah. I remember that was the what he said it was like these prices are like ice cold like brr. <laughs> and I was like and I was like Gross. dude like I'm so sorry I'd be happy to send you a screen print like just for free like no big deal and like I don't know it was weird i am always trying to like make people feel okay and like I don't want anyone to be mad that their like NFT went down in price but like you know the dude sold it for like half of what it was worth and now it's worth like six times what it was came out as so he made <laughs> more if he like, did, like really like but if the guy like liked my art if he loved it he wouldn't that wouldn't have matter to him necessarily. it's like like i don't know man it's a it's a, it's good vibes <laughs> for me for the most part so like you know if you're feeling that and you like it in your collection just maybe hold on to it and see what happens give it a year like a year like what are you at? like? <laughs> Do hold it for four months, like oh my god, like not even buy that you have for four months, that goes up in value, like very rarely anything, like even NFTs, like I don't know. So, you gotta be patient. They go up and down. You know, it's like get used to the fucking program. Like that's what happens. They're not like <laughs> up, up, up and up. That's it. You know, that's like what people would like you to believe.
2: No up only. Like it's no. gonna
0: only go up, man.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe over a long period of time.
0: Yeah, I mean, sure. I hope it all goes up a hundred times in four years. But I, when I, when I collect NFTs, I think about this five-year plan. I'm like, if what is going to happen is all these people come into the space and they want to know the history and they're interested in it, and you know what, that what has been built is is enough. I think all those original NFTs are going to be worth a lot more. But I'm not thinking like next month. I'm thinking like, you know, in five years or something. Yeah. I'm a collector. I don't. I, I've sold. I probably bought like a hundred. And fifty NFTs or two. I bought a lot, but I probably sold like four. You know, like I don't. Mm-hmm. I just sell. I sell them once in a while when I'm like, okay, I have five of this. I'm gonna just get. You know, this price. <laughs> is pretty good. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna sell one of these now, and it might not be at the top, but it's kind of like, all right, you know. But I haven't spent much on them. I usually get them at mint. Like I'd never spent. I bought a CryptoPunk once. That was the only thing I ever spent more than like a couple of Ethereum on. So usually I'm spending like a little bit.
2: When that's did it. you get on, on the CryptoPunk? What was the price on that bad boy?
0: Um, It was like at, at uh, 30 Ethereum around there.
2: So, so that's a pretty good price then, right?
0: Yeah, it was a good price. Yeah, yeah now they're a lot higher. But so, is it 60 so. now, for a Floor, punk? Like 100. The Floor now is like 100. over
3: 100. Because we 100 and
0: 120, 130. Yeah, it's gotten nuts
3: yeah so oh, i think i got idea. in
0: just the right time because the next week they doubled basically yeah and i had a friend well the, one of my collectors the d's he's a good friend i ch- i think of him as a good friend he's a he's such an honest fun guy and i don't know if you ever listened to his spaces yeah yeah but he really helped he really i i was talking about it for a while i was like what and i was talking to some collectors and some friends and who i know or have this stuff and I'm like, what can I trade you for a crypto punk or what can I or you know? And, and one night, I, I just remember like I saw that the floor like they were going the crypto punks, it was about to pop off like it was just I just sensed that this was the train was leaving the station. If I didn't get one like today, that's it. Because I thought about it for weeks, months, you know, I, <laughs> I didn't think about it for for six months probably. And I and I should have bought a couple when they were like five or ten, you know. But regardless, he I mean he he did this awesome thing where he. You know, he was like, oh, I have this one. Uh, It's like a smiling one. And I really like that. And he was like, I have this guy and, uh, you know, I'll give it to you for what I paid my friend for it, like 10 days ago or something, which was Hmm. already like 10 Ethereum. Like, you know, he could have easily made a profit on that. But he he just he just sold it to me at, you know, what was fair, what he paid for it, like a couple a week or two before so it was just a very generous and kind thing, and that and that I find that happens a lot in 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 this space and with this community. I, I've seen that I've seen that people are more like open and helpful than other things I've been involved with on the internet. You know, so I, I just feel like that's a really a good example of the.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of trust in the community, like with trades and stuff, and like yeah, I've never been burnt on one, so everyone I've ever dealt with has been like on the up and up. It's it's
3: great. Yeah, it's great to yeah I,
0: trade it, I trade it for a toad. I trade it like something and I'm like, I hear
3: I'm like
0: I'll send you this and you send me this one. But you no. just, you know, you do that over Twitter and you can kind of verify whether the person is like, I'll only do that with someone who I have mutual friends with. And I know yeah. that they're, I look at their collection and I see that they're, they are a real collector. Like there's things you can do to, to sense if someone is legit, you know, you can't just answer a DM on discord and be like, all right, yeah, yeah I'll be <laughs> well, like that, that and,
3: link. I mean, like I people I've, I've, around
0: I've traded with a random person on discord too but I, but I, I'm always like yo meet me at Twitter and we'll talk over there yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't verify who that person is otherwise you know if I they meet me there and they have and I see their wallet and it's in there you know can pretty much you can you can you can see you can see what that person collected and figure out just to make sure it's like lines up there's you can just see your own forensic research for 20 minutes and know someone's legit so
2: it's all there for you to see yeah it's interesting
0: anyway i don't know i don't know if you have anything else i think no man i no, mean this has we been awesome
2: i'm glad to finally talk to you man meet the the rob behind the killer acid shirts <laughs> that i like to wear well thank you so much i really
0: i hope i uh gave you some insight and i don't the know five I robs uh, yeah right there's well, I quite a few so. yeah
1: man thanks for being so like generous with your time it's been it's been great to meet you and- yeah,
0: no, thank you so much for having me i really enjoyed oh, yeah. talking to you guys it's re- felt like a really nice uh podcast where you can just kind of you know
2: it's very chill to, yeah, yeah
0: bring it memorize a bunch of facts and try to be like <laughs> <laughs> and i know this is nice so i really appreciate it I mean, thank we you we asked so the
2: much. real hard-hitting questions like what's your favorite pen?"
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i know right yeah.
2: all, all right, right man. man we'll talk to you later rob appreciate right. it have a good night later, Bye.
3: Damn, that's nifty.